1: Welcome back to the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast, a part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we got Ethan Smith of Lockdown Pirates to continue our conversation from last week. We're discussing Gregory Polanco, uh Key Brian Hayes. We're talking about the minor leagues. Is there a disparity between AAA and the major leagues? We know there's a disparity, but how big is that disparity? And we even throw out some radical ideas to help change the minor leagues. So a whole bunch to talk about today. But first, this episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join me this weekend as I'll go live after the D-backs win. Now, let's jump right into the podcast with Ethan Smith of Lockdown Pirates. Yeah. Look at this Pirates roster. I knew K, uh Key Brian Hayes was a rookie, but I didn't realize Brian Reynolds only two years older than him, 26 and 24. Yep. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm definitely not trading <laughs> Brian Reynolds. If I'm, if I'm not considering to trade my rookie key, Brian Hayes, I'm not going to trade Brian Reynolds, who you say has four more years of arbitration and is still only two years older than one of the top rookies in baseball. So I'm definitely not doing that. Mitchell Keller, uh, yeah, like you said, 32 starts in his career so far, so not even technically a full season, but you never know you still got to watch out. Yeah, top 20 prospect but we but we've seen guys like that flame out like the Shelby Millers and the Michael Walkers who used to be top prospects and then uh flame out. D-backs who went ahead and acquired Shelby Miller and that basically ended his career. Uh but looking you brought up Gregory Polanco and I kind of want to talk about him because I guess you could uh, the worst case scenario for Mitch Keller would be a Gregory Polanco because what how I was looking I think Polanco is like a fringe top 15 top 10 guy you know across baseball uh, prospect rankings and you look at Gregory Polanco now I mean you guys uh, what DFA'd him and he wasn't even claimed on waiver so now he's back on the roster like what is the plan for Gregory Polanco going forward and What 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 happened to him? Like this was such a fall from grace for a top prospect. Like what's happened to his career, basically.
0: So injuries were definitely a big deal for him. Um, A lot of people bring up him like, have you ever seen the meme where it's like girls with a time machine, what they would do and boys with a time machine, what they would do. There was one that I saw and it said, don't slide in the second at Wrigley Field in 2018, because I believe he got hurt when he did that and of course the extension is going to go down as one of the worst ones i think the pirates have ever signed i believe it was five years 55 million dollars so it ended up equating to 11 million dollars a year so he's easily the most expensive player on the team and that's not Uh, awful that's not an awful contract no but and at the time it didn't seem bad but then you Mm. go look if you're looking at his baseball uh, baseball reference page Mm -hmm. you go look and see what he's done it it turned out to be pretty bad yeah and the thing is is like the, the weirdness of the situation was the pirates lose on Sunday to the Cardinals or yeah, they lose on Sunday to the Cardinals. Um, he immediately gets put on, I believe it was unconditional waivers, which means a team had to pick him up or he went back to the pirates. And I think that got lost in translation because people thought he was just flat out gone. And one thing you'll hear about it from any pirates beat writer, any pirates fan, even myself, you look at Gregory Polanco as a guy and he's like the nicest dude ever. Um, we picked up Yoshi Sutsugo, uh pretty recently, a former Ray and Dodger from Japan. And the first guy in the clubhouse to greet him first guy to hug him first guy to like show him around. And I don't even know if Yoshi even really knew what he was saying to him half the time, like just because like language barriers and stuff like that. But I mean, it was like crazy because he was the first guy. And this is a guy he barely knows just finds out that he's coming to the team. And it was almost like you just saw eulogy after eulogy after eulogy of El Cafe. Like you saw his former highlights where he'd have like walk off home runs. And it was like, oh, he's gone. So then I wake up the next morning and I see Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette say, oh, Gregory Polanco wasn't uh, traded or anything. He will be in the lineup tonight in right field for the Pirates the the next day. So a 24-hour period, he literally got, Basically, as you said, DFA, but put on waivers. Nobody acquired him. And then he was starting in right field the very next day. And it's like, wow. But if you had to ask me moving forward, I've said it all year on the podcast. I've said it and I'll still say it now. He's done after this year. Maybe, just maybe they bring him back on a minor league deal because at that point he would be done with his um, like he would be done at that point, and he could actually like sign him to a cheaper deal and also put him in the minor leagues. If you want to maybe see if that builds his confidence back up for when he was a younger guy, but that's the only scenario I see where he stays. Because at that point, I mean, Ben Gamble probably has an outfield spot. Reynolds definitely does. And then you have to figure out right field. So maybe if you flame out on right fielders, you bring back Polanco just to bring back a familiar face that people love. But when you're batting below the Mendoza line, it's kind of hard to make an argument to keep him. Hey, he's
1: batting two three right now. Put okay, he, well, that understand. was because
0: that was because yesterday against your Diamondbacks, <laughs> he was two for three, and then when we really needed him in the eighth inning, he popped up the first base. Well, hey, so, it happens. Hey, it happens. Yeah, against the elite, <laughs> against the elite Diamondbacks bullpen. By the way, <laughs> we must say that the elite Diamondbacks bullpen.
1: Yeah, Polanco, according to Baseball America, was as high as number 10 pre-2014 and Major League Baseball Pipeline had him as Uh high as number 13. So yeah, basically uh, a fringe top 10 prospect in all baseball. So definitely a fall from grace. Definitely peaked in 2018 with that 839 OPS. Uh, OPS right now. Yeah, OPS right now below 650. So definitely a fall from grace for Polanco. But right now your other... Top prospect, Key Brian Hayes, a rookie. He's not having like in a great offensive season. You mentioned his defensive intensity, but offensively, what have you seen from him at the plate? Because he's only batting two forty nine, six ninety seven OPSs. Any of that worry you for his future? You will hear Ethan's response to that question, but. This episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I will be hosting rooms for Locked On Diamondbacks once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. Go download the free Green Room app now. They're currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at MillerThomas to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live this weekend after the D-backs win. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the D-backs. See you there. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the pod.
0: Um, in a way, yes, but in a way, no, at the same time, because if you uh, as I mentioned earlier, he did have a serious wrist injury this year that knocked him out literally in the second game of the season. So he already lost two and a half months of time. He comes back, he was looking like he was in 2020 when he batted like 370 something, 376, I believe is the number when he was in that like in a short amount of games. I think mm-hmm. it was like 20 games. And he came back, he was hitting the ball well, he was hitting like gappers, hitting singles, all that good stuff, because that's what he's going to be. He's going to be like 20, 25 home run guy, doubles, singles, that kind of deal. But then one thing I started noticing is, I guess pitchers on tape saw something and they would throw him high in it and he would just couldn't hit it at all. And that's what you've seen from him a lot lately is he just cannot hit it at all. And then recently he's picked it up again, but I do still think that wrist injury lingers a little bit. I think losing that two and a half months of development lingers too, but he'll gain it back in the offseason. And the thing is too, is I, under, he set high expectations for himself for what he did in 2020. But what I'll say about him is he's not doing anything right now that we didn't expect when you were looking at him as a prospect, he was a defense first guy and the bat would come along eventually. And as you also mentioned, he's 24. It's not like he doesn't have time to figure that out. If he can be, a gold glove candidate year in, year out at third base and hit 270 every single year with 20 to 25 home runs and 75, 80 RBIs, 90 RBIs maybe, nobody's going to complain about that from a, a first-round pick. I don't see anybody in this world that would complain about basically having mini, or Manny Machado light on your team. I mean, that's that's what some people compare him to just because of how good defensively he is. So it, do, it worries me a bit. But I mean, 249 in your rookie season in your first full year of baseball, even then you didn't really have a lot of time to prepare with COVID even in the spring because it was shutting things down like spring training. And you weren't really seeing much until like spring training. So we'll see how it is in 2022. But I'm just looking for him to stay over 250, maybe hit a couple more home runs for us and just, you know, make things keep them moving.
1: So if he turned out to be Andrewton Simmons, how would that make you feel? Because he, because whenever you tell me a prospect's defense first, and you're hoping the bat picks up later, that makes me a little nervous. I'd rather have it the reverse where he's offense first. Like the D-backs have a first base prospect that they say shouldn't be called up until they bring the DH back. That's how bad his defense is at first base. But he's a dude that hits nukes. He's like a 30 home run guy in the minor leagues. He bats over 300. Like his offensive numbers are insane, but defensively they say he can't do it right now until they bring the DH back. But, Personally, I think I would rather work with a prospect who has that offensive ceiling that might need to work, you know, on his defense, as opposed to a guy who might be a wizard with his glove and struggles to hit at the plate. So where do you fall on that? And if Key Brian Hayes does turn out to be Andrewton Simmons, how would you feel about that?
0: I mean, again, though, it's it's like I think defensive valuability has been lost in the game very Mm -hmm. much so. Like, I think people have just lost the idea of valuing defense. Like, you have to look at it from a certain standpoint that Fernando Tatis Jr. is arguably the best shortstop in baseball, but he also leads the shortstops in errors. He Mm -hmm. leads baseball in errors. But that's one thing the Pirates have done very well this year and done very good, like, at doing is they've been a very solid defensive team. And you can't be mad at that at all from a team that, again, had really zero expectations of really doing anything this year. Um, And realistically, if he turns into Andrelton Simmons, it'll be a little tough. But, I mean, again, Andrelton Simmons also isn't, like, a terrible player either. Another good comp, I think, for Hayes, like, realistically, unless he takes a massive jump, is Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson, integral part of what the Braves do comes in clutch with his bat when he needs to, but it gives you that good defense that you need when you need it. And, I mean, we all saw that play Key Brian Hayes had against the St. Louis Cardinals earlier this year where he was practically in his own bullpen and threw Yadier Molina out at first base. Of course, I know Yadier's slow, but it was still phenomenal. But, I mean, again, also the entire rebuild doesn't hinge on Hayes either. I mean, that's one thing that I think a narrative that's been brought up, but it doesn't all hinge on him at all.
1: MVP voting, it, it gets pretty weird. I don't know. I'm just looking at baseball reference. Apparently, Anderson Simmons has finished top 15 in MVP voting the uh, three times in his career. And apparently last year, Dansby Swanson finished 18th in MVP voting, which I just found uh, hilarious. But Swanson's a guy who's kind of taken a little bit of a step forward offensively, finally cracked the 20 home run plateau uh, this season. So, you know, sometimes it takes time and maybe that's the, the same thing with Key Brian Hayes. So, for a guy who's only played 97 games, I'm not going to write him off just yet. But we do see younger players sometimes uh, in baseball nowadays take off right away like a Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, some other dudes around baseball. Juan Soto had a hot start to his career as well. So, some guys come out with the guns blazing right away and some guys take a little bit of time as well. So, I'm going to give Key Brian Hayes the benefit of the doubt for right now but the narrative that seems to be surrounding baseball recently is kind of the the gap between triple a and major league baseball saw some red sox reporters talking about this because they just sent down their top prospect duran duran back to the minor leagues because he's just been struggling on the major league level same with bobby Dalbeck. like these were guys who absolutely crush it on the triple a level but then they get to the majors and it seems like they can't keep can't hit major league pitching so Right now, do you think there's a pretty sizable gap that we have between AAA and major league
0: pitching or does it just depend on the player? Um, I think a lot might just depend on the player. I mean, it's kind of like when you go on a video game and you wish like, say Madden, for instance, just came out and you have all pro and all Madden, but you wish that there was that middle, like that middle line, like between the two. And I mean, yeah, you can hope for that, but it's also kind of interesting when it comes to the idea that, for the Pirates, for example, as a rebuilding team, a lot of their team is basically demote, promote, demote, promote with AAA. For bigger teams, though, like the Dodgers and the Yankees and stuff like that, AAA isn't viewed that way. But if you had to ask as a general scope, I would say in a way, yes, because I feel like a lot of teams now use like the confidence meter as AA and single A for like a lot of their top prospects because they're like, okay, well maybe we'll just leave them in double A all year, let them hit 300, 350 or 325, some crazy numbers, and then just bring them up to the major league roster the next year. So, I mean, there's definitely a divide between minor league baseball. Also, PSA announcement, treat minor leagues better and pay them better and give them better service. I always have to say that when I bring up the minor leagues, the way they treat some of them is awful and I do not like it. Um, But again, if you had to ask me generally about baseball, yes, I believe there's a slight divide I don't think it's crazy, but I do also think it hinges a lot more on the player itself, like a Bobby Dahlbeck and like a Jaron Duran, as you mentioned. I mean, they're just it's something where you just naturally in sports now with how rookies impact games, especially in the National Basketball Association. You just expect guys to come in and wreck havoc and it's not always going to happen.
1: I will throw out a radical idea on how to change the minor leagues to Ethan Smith, but first, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's logging for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Did you know Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? They got coconut, cherry barsia. Raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. There's a flavor for everyone. And the reason why I love Bilt Bar is because I'm a health conscious guy. I'm going to go to the gym after this pod and Bilt Bar tricks me because I... I think that meat and candy bar because I have a nasty sweet tooth, but I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, but it's high in protein, and it's high in fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. Just go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the pod. I guess football, too, for that matter, because a lot of these wide receivers and skilled position players beat balling right away. But I got a radical idea for you when it comes to the minor leagues. A lot of people say we got to treat them better, like you just said. And I got the I got the solution to fix the minor leagues. Let's get rid of them. Let's let's get rid of the single A, the double A. Let's just keep triple A. Why can't we have a sport like football? like basketball. Yeah, basketball still has a G League, but guess what? When you draft someone in those sports, they're going to play right away. And if you're not good enough to make it to the professional level, you just got to find a different job, a different career, or find a different way back to the professional level. So what do you think about just baseball? When you draft these guys, number one overall, just throwing them into the fire and let them play. Maybe you still have a A where you let them work it out a little bit, but I would rather see these guys get drafted, and go right to the sport instead of waiting three, four, five years
0: to see this guy make his debut. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very radical, but I could also revise it and say, take out high A, low A, and rookie ball. Okay, Just have double and triple A, because then at that point, if you're saying, okay, you're seeing top guys in double A, like the guys you just drafted. So like Henry Davis would be there. Like for you guys, Jordan Lawler would be there. I believe that's who you drafted, right?
1: Yeah. Well, okay. I didn't want to be wrong. I thought you
0: embarrassed myself.
1: You're right. But quick note on Jordan Lawler. uh, By the time this pod come out, that probably wouldn't be as relevant, but Jordan Lawler season is done. Apparently he hurt his shoulder on Mm -hmm. August 26th. We're recording this on August 26th. It happened today. Jordan Lawler done for the year, but continue your thought.
0: Yeah. um, But basically what I'm getting at is like at that point, you would see guys that like have just been drafted in double a, that would essentially be the new rookie ball. And then AAA, could you imagine the players like in these top farm systems that would be in AAA right now? The Pirates would have Nick Gonzalez, Quinn Priester, all these guys already in AAA getting ready to be ready for Major League Baseball next season. Like Adley Rushman would be like probably a major leaguer already. Wander Franco probably would have never even saw the minor leagues. You'd have the opportunity to say, I think this guy is a generational talent. I'm going to put him in there now. Another guy that comes to mind, Jared Kellenick. I think he would have been in. in Seattle immediately like there's just some guys that are that good but just based off of the general way of how baseball works hey bud you have to do what these guys had to do too and sit in the minor for three or four years even if you're hitting 350 at every single level that you go to and I mean I get it under I understand it but it's like why not adapt to a way where say I'm going to a Pirates game and I see a guy that recently got drafted a year and a half ago Mm -hmm. rather than waiting until almost maybe 2024 to see Henry Davis play his first game or Nick Gonzalez play his first game or something like that, you know? And I can imagine it would also probably bring more fans to the stands too. And younger people like the younger fan base, kids, teenagers, etc., would be more into the sport because they could say, Oh, I just watched this guy get drafted. And it would also build the draft up a lot more. And then you would have more recency to a lot of the things that are going on because I mean, you see a lot of these guys that come up like, Kevin Newman, for example, is only like 28, but he was drafted in like 2013 as a first round pick, but didn't make his debut until 2016. I graduated, almost graduated high school by the time uh, Kevin Newman was brought up. And when he was drafted, I was a freshman. So Mm. it's like, I mean, that just really speaks into it. So I like your idea, but I mean, also to minor league baseball, those smaller cities, a lot of those teams do like, add revenue to those smaller cities so i don't know about picking out a lot but i would like the idea of just double a and triple a
1: yeah basically i just want to trim the fat okay because we Mm -hmm. already see if you're really that guy you will make it to the major leagues in a year we've seen it with jose fernandez andrew bantendi those guys a year after being drafted make it to major league baseball because they're that quality of player in the minor league so i think it's more about trimming the fat i don't think we need to keep you know the the 200th best player in your system the third 300th best player in your system let's trim the fat a little bit let's get the best players on the major league level quicker yeah you can make some argument maybe the product of the sport's gonna go down and guys aren't gonna be as adept to hitting major league pitching well guess what we already see uh, the, the worst <laughs> strikeout rate ever in major league history. Guys already can't hit major league pitching. So it wouldn't really matter that much. And if you're seeing more rookie pitchers on the major league, on the major league level two, maybe that can help out the offense as well. So just an idea, Ethan Smith, any last thoughts before we
0: head out today? Uh, well, while we're recording, the Pirates have become the first team in major league baseball this season to score eight plus runs in an inning with no outs. Oh. So, uh, yeah. They were down seven to one to the Cardinals and now they're up 11 to seven. And my boy, Gregory Polanco is having a three hit night while Michael Chavis is also having a three hit night as well. So, you know, uh, for the pirates, for pirates fans, even D backs fans, I'll even say this to you guys too: just enjoy this last month or so of baseball, because it's going to suck when you're in December and January and, You want to watch baseball, but then you have to wait until March to watch some baseball. So I think that's one thing about baseball is we take for granted the fact that, oh, it's 162 games and it's so much to watch and I can watch it for this long. But then the couple months where you don't have it, it's just kind of unfortunate.
1: Yeah, hopefully a lot of the D-backs fans out here actually are also Cardinals and Suns fans because at least those other two teams in the Valley are pretty competitive and fun right now. Uh, I guess, like, I know you're a Steelers fan. I see it hanging in the background. I'm not too sure about the Steelers uh, prospects this season.
0: I'm a a little off the Steelers
1: bandwagon, but in fantasy, I'm all in on Deontay Johnson if I could steal him in the fifth round because he's going way too low in these fantasy drafts. Can
0: I also go ahead and make myself public enemy number one? Go ahead, I am a Clippers it, fan. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I'm a I'm a Lakers fan at heart. So I know we got some
1: we got some beef there. Uh, so we'll we'll just leave that that you know, no Kawhi Leonard this season. That will be tough for you. Hopefully, Paul George can do it again.
0: Yeah, pandemic P, as they
1: like to call him. Yeah. Pandemic P I, I, I was one of the people that signed a apology for him after the postseason run. I mean, he was pretty inefficient, but he still had some big games and he had to of the team and he got them through the jazz six games against the Suns. We'll, we'll give Paul George a, a year rest. If he sucks next year, we'll bring it back, but we'll at least give him a reprieve through the playoffs next season. But Ethan Smith, where can the lockdown listeners find you?
0: Of course, you guys can follow me on Twitter at LockedOnPirates or at MVP underscore Ethan. I'm tweeting all the time because it basically is all I do half the time uh, when I'm not at work. I am always talking about the Pirates. Manchester City is my uh, soccer team. They have been since I was five before they were even in the Premier League for some reason. I don't know why I ever did that to myself. Uh, the Clippers, the Penguins, all, anything you can think of. Even wrestling. Wrestling has been very fun lately, and I tweet about it every once in a while. Um, And you can also uh, follow the podcast wherever you find Millard's here at Locked on Diamondbacks. You can follow it Locked on Pirates on Megaphone, Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you can find them. And of course, I mean, it's a Locked on Podcast Network. It's your team every day, Monday through Friday, baby. That's right. And if you, for the
1: Pirates listeners, you can find me at creator Thomas 24 for my personal account. Just look up Locked On Dimebacks and that little search bar on Twitter and Instagram. Ethan Smith, thanks for hopping on for this crossover and I'll catch you next time, buddy. Yes, sir. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast. And remember, betting on the D-backs doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Wherever you get your podcasts, and come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news, coverage, and insight. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that Zach Gallon game tomorrow.